0: So last week I spoke a sermon called, Live Ready to Leave. Live Ready to Leave, last week. And I shared from the book of 2 Kings, chapter 20, verse one through seven, when God spoke to Hezekiah and said, to get your your house in order, right? And that he was sick, and that he wasn't gonna live, and then Hezekiah prayed, and then reminded God of his covenant, and then God says, okay, I'll give you 15 more years. Uh, and then he sent them and then he said, the no, he sent the prophet back to guilt. told him, to give you 15 more years. He told him to eat a certain food and he got healed. Right. So some of the, the takeaways is we, uh, we have to get our house in order, right? We saw that we have to get our house in order. And this is not an overnight for some of us, it may take 15 months for some of us. It may take 15 hours. I mean, 15 weeks. If you're really organized and you got, you know what stuff is and got it all under your bed, right, uh, under your mattress, it may take some of you 15 days. But it's important that we begin to get our affairs and our house in order. One of my prayers for you is that some of you guys will be so blessed that all your bills will be on auto pay. You know, you said it. you forget it you set your giving on auto you set your bills on auto and you was you set your savings on auto you set your retirement on auto that's my prayer for, for you guys that's the kind of prosperity i am hoping to see i'm praying to see in many of your lives let me get an amen in the chat if that's your prayer we also see in that scripture the power of prayer the power of covenant the extension uh, uh, through diet, right? Extension from God through diet. Many of us, our breakthrough is hidden in our refrigerator. Ooh, that's a word for somebody. Some of us, our breakthrough is hidden in our Brita filter right? And that you already know what to do. But I pray that the Holy Spirit will give you the power to not just make a decision, but manage your decision and change your taste buds, change the the way you eat, change the way you breathe, change the way you work out, change the amount of water you drink, the amount of sunshine you get, all the stuff you know, all the stuff you tell your friends, I pray for a supernatural enablement and an anointing and a love for your life, a love for your calling, a love for the Lord and his people, that you will begin to make the adjustments. You will be anointed to make the adjustments that will lead to your breakthrough. Baby, don't break down before the breakthrough. Many of you guys got some good things in the wings. And you got to prepare yourself. You gotta increase your capacity, increase your competency, increase your compassion for this next stage in your life, for the next seven years in your life. All right, I'm preaching too much, let me slow down. Last week I also talked about Abraham's will, right? Genesis 25, five through 11, um, he set up inheritance. The Bible said he lived a long life. He set up an inheritance. He set up his burial. He bought the burial plot. He even mended fences with his children. And as we as we prepare to live ready to leave, that many of us, we need to pray about funeral insurance. Some of you say, oh, I can't get life insurance. I got this condition. I got this preexisting condition. That's fine, I get it, I get it. Some of us, we woke up too late, right? And, and, and the devil beat us up when we were younger. But we can, get, we can get funeral insurance. It's like a $10,000 insurance. You, you pay like $14 a month. And then you should you not only should get it. But if you're a partner in your church, you should send a copy to the board. So if, heaven forbid the Lord wants to call you home, we can help your family. All right, praise the Lord. And that's why I say the church is your additional faith family. It doesn't replace your family. Some of you guys need an anointing to reconcile. You need an anointing to mend some fences in your family. That's what we talk about. Live ready to leave. And uh, we also talked, I also talked about um, the seven last words, right? Jesus on the cross. And we focus on his forgive, Talk about forgiveness. He took care of his mother. He even shared his faith and evangelized. And then we looked at Paul sharing with Timothy about finishing a race, that he fought, he finished, he kept the faith. That's my prayer for you. And he still wanted his coat and his books, right? And that he was a lifelong learner. And I pray that, man, that you guys were having a a supernatural desire to read, right? Leaders are readers. Um, And that even if you don't like to read, that many of you listen to Audible, that you will listen to the Bible on uh, audio, that you'll watch the Bible movies, that you'll begin to uh, develop yourself and develop your faith. So today's sermon is called Stay the Course. We're right in line with what Paul was saying to Timothy. That I want to just preach to you a message that hopefully stays in your mind, stays in your heart, that you will make a commitment today to serve the Lord for the rest of your life here on earth. Our brother Ethan has my notes. He'll put some in the chat. Ethan went live on Facebook too, so if you could do both, that would be wonderful. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. I ask for a fresh anointing on my life. Hide me behind the cross that you may be glorified and that your people will be challenged, convicted, convinced and and exhorted and, and edified and envisioned. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So if, if this is your first time watching or listening, my name is Pastor Ed, my wife is Sister Anna. Um, on behalf of also the board, which is uh, Chaplain Pedro Panella, Sister Natalie Panella, Mal- uh, Malik Martin MBA, Pastor Kenny McClendon, and also uh, Pastor Raymond Ramos, um, I want to welcome here to Summit. Welcome you to Summit Church. I believe many of many of not most of my sermons will have a common thread, right? That God reigns, saves, and satisfies through covenant for his glory in Jesus. It's my belief that Jesus is the ultimate solution to every human problem and the ultimate hope to all mankind. I believe that the fundamental difference between Christianity and many other religions and even other ideologies that are idolized is that Christianity is the only religion built on grace. Many other religions are built on works. You can summarize many of the other religions with the word, with the two letter word, do. There are certain things you have to do in order to gain God's approval, gain bliss, gain heaven. There are also rules, regulations, rituals, something you have to do. But on the other hand, true Christianity is summarized in one word, done, D-O-N-E. Jesus has already paid the price for you on the cross. It is done, Jesus laid down his life, he became sin so you could be holy. He was broken so you could be whole. He was a man of sorrow so you could have joy. He was bruised for your iniquity. He fasted so you could feast. By his stripes, by his scars, you were healed. He bore poverty so we could have righteously and spiritually prosper. He felt orphaned so you and I could be adopted as daughters and sons. Let us begin to um, see him not so much as a teacher or moral guide, but as someone who stepped in and took our place. Jesus paid a debt he didn't owe because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. So once we accept that love and that light of salvation, we begin to walk in freedom, love, dignity, and purpose. Now, fam, we still have bad days. God is good, but life is still hard. And every Sunday, we try to come together to reflect, to remember, and to be reminded that greater is he that's in me and you than he that's in the world. The book of Ephesians says that the mystery of God is that for some reason, Yahweh Elohim wants a family, a bride for his son, right? Like like Eve was on Adam's side and when Jesus went across, they um, hit him with a spear and blood and water came out. Some people say that's symbolic of the birth of the church a bride for son, and a house for God. So we come for connection, correction, direction, and instruction. If you could turn your Bibles with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse one and two. I believe Ethan will put it in the chat. We're gonna be reading from the New Living Translation and also from the Message Translation. While you're looking for that, I wanna say a shout out to Sister Maria and Faye to Aaron and Jessica, to brother Jimmy, to Brother to Elijah, to um, Brenda, to the Scolaros, um, to uh, uh, Francesca, who's here with me on, on uh, Zoom, Naomi, the Pinellas, Norman, the Santos family, Sister Stacy, Mike and Zyra, uh, Pops, Little Eddie, Avis, Anika, Malik, And brother Ethan, praise the Lord. So Hebrews chapter 12, verse one through two says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness. So, So chapter 11 talks about like the whole of faith, right? All the great men and women in the Bible. Not all, but many. Because therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarded its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. So let me read it now for the message translation. It says, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed away, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight where he was headed, the exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, the cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility, he hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Bless God. So today I want to share with you some insights from God's word, um, some observations from decades of my experience. And I want I, I pray that the Holy Spirit will be made make certain things in your life that you will have spiritual self-awareness, right? I want to share with you about staying the course and contending for your crown. Stay in the course and contending for your crown because fam, too many Christians are giving up at this time. This is a thing called boiling the frog, right? A boiling the frog fable. It's a fable describing a frog being slowly boiled alive. The premise is that if a frog is put suddenly into boiling water, it would jump out. But if the frog is put in tepid water, which is then brought to a boil slowly, it would not perceive the danger and potentially be cooked to death. This story is often used as a metaphor for the inability or the unwillingness for people to react or be aware of the sinister threats that arise gradually rather than suddenly. Now I know some scientists saying that, that that's not true, the frogs will jump out. So yes, true Christians will jump out, but sometimes carnal Christians stay in the wrong place too long. Um, I wish I had time to go over Psalms one, right? When you have a chance look at Psalms one and know, with, with, in light of the fact that we are running this race and you see somebody who begins to walk cause they're with the wrong people, begin standing with the wrong people and begin sitting with the wrong people. And these are some of the reasons why we uh, stop running this race. We can't get too comfortable being lukewarm. So I have three ideas that I want to try to share. Number one, the first big idea is protect and build your relationship with God. The second big idea is we have to learn to handle the terrain of faith. And the third big idea is we're gonna look at some reasons why people bailed out in serving the Lord, right? Uh, Ethan might have to change that one before he posted. it. It is my prayer that this sermon will inspire you to commit to serving the Lord with joy for the rest of your life, with joy, consistency, and conviction for the rest of your life. Listen, I want you to have a vision of you worshiping in your last breath. I want you to have a vision of you uh, passing away old and sanctified with the joy of the Lord, right? Now, it's also my prayer on the natural side that you will be empowered to stay the course in your marriage, right? Regardless of the seven, the 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 three-year, seven-year, 10-year, all the blockades that usually happen, that you will stay the course in your marriage, that you will stay the course in your commitment to parent with purpose, that you will stay the course in your personal health, in your personal wealth plan, that you will continue to thrive so you and I can stay saved, safe, sane, sober, and strong. Bless God. Let's go to the first big idea. Protect and build your personal relationship with God the book of Song of Solomon, I I went there, Song of Solomon, Song of Solomon, chapter one, verse 17 says, fragrant cedar branches are the beams of our house, and a pleasant smelling fir are the rafters, right, fir is like an evergreen tree. Here in Song of Solomon, we see the dramatic, unbending nature of the relationship shared between the lover and the beloved, which is like people say a picture of Christ and the church. Not only is this, talk, talk about their love, it's in the sense of a dwelling place that love built and the rich materials, right? That, that has cedar and fir, right? And this house is a house of intimacy, it's sturdy, it's safe, it's a covering. Brothers and sisters, there's no safer place than the secret place of God's presence. It's in the secret place where you start to set up your life Set up your thinking, set up your your posture, set up the little intangibles, right? The inspirational intangibles. So you to position yourself to get public reward. And then once you get the gold, you give God the glory. So there's no safer place than the secret place of his presence, which we are called to dwell. You want to do well, learn to dwell in God's presence. We are called to live out this revelation. We are not just called to love God, but set up ourselves to sit, soak, saturate, and receive God's love for us. See, one of these trees, the cedar trees, were used for casket making, and the other, the evergreen, flourishes throughout the year, and many theologians say they represent the death and life of Christ. So in the midst of the initial intoxication of holy love, there is a call to necessary, consistent, and diligent um, spiritual disciplines to maintain this relationship. The Old Testament priests were commanded to to keep the fire at the altar burning. Brothers and sisters, Christian life is not all a struggle. Christian life can also be a continuous strings of ecstasy and supernatural experiences as we learn to live the kingdom lifestyle. Now, you and I, we don't need to chase a moment of a lifetime going from conference to conference. We don't need to chase a moment of lifetime with God, but we can choose to have a lifetime of moments with the Lord every day. We need more of the supernatural, but we don't need to But as we need more of the supernatural, we also can't neglect spiritual disciplines of prayer, study, giving, and demonstrating good character. Let me say that one more time. We need more of the supernatural, more of the anointing, more of the miracles, but we can't forsake the discipline of prayer, devotion, study, giving, and demonstrating good character. See, it's one thing to take a new land, it's another thing to mow the the lawn and beautify the dwelling. See, the key of these dis- disciplines is to infuse them by the presence of God, right? Otherwise they become counterproductive and religious. Now let's look at another passage that Solomon wrote in relate in relating to beams and rafters, right? We saw the first one, I'm gonna build this relationship with uh, evergreen uh, like evergreen trees and cedar, but let's look at Pro, uh, Ecclesiastes 10, 18. And it says, if a man is lazy, the rafters sag. If his hands are idle, the house leaks. Ooh, I hope Ethan can put that in the chat. That's a word for somebody. If a man is lazy, the rafters sag. If his hands are idle, the house leaks. The Lord would never abandon us, but we could abandon the fires of intimacy in such a way that our hearts grow cold towards the things of God. I'll say that again. The Lord would never abandon us, but we can abandon the fires of intimacy in such a way that our hearts can grow cold towards the things of God. Through slothfulness and idle hands, the rafters will fall in. As we gradually abandon the zeal we once cultivated for the Lord, what begins as a little leak in the roof can lead to an entire house of decay. See, brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit is not the doer, but rather the helper. He would not do it without us, but we, but if we engage, he will help us, um, help us make this, help us make intimacy with God a priority. See, small compromises lead to devastating sins. We must learn to repent. The Lord does not forgive excuses, he forgives sins. Song of Solomon chapter two, verse 15 says, catch us, catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. I pray this morning, mm, I pray this morning, that you will protect and build your personal relationship with the Lord. Second big idea, I wanna challenge you. We have to learn how to handle the terrain of faith. In our daily walk with Jesus, we face obstacles in our life, right? In our roadmaps, to Christian success, there are several types of terrain. They're the valleys. Let me hear you say valleys, right? All right, right, valleys. And these represent the low time. But remember, fam, fruit grows in the valley. Gifts are given, but fruit is grown. So they're the valleys, they're the mountain, the high times. Now, the mountain, one of the purposes of the mountain is to have a revelation that changes your life, but also is when you can turn hopefully, prayerfully take, turn a state into a stage, a state of inspiration into a stage of impartation. Then there's the crooked paths, uncertain times when the enemy is trying to trip you up. There's the terrain of rocky and rough terrain. These are also unstable times when you're called to rely on God's grace and strength. See, brothers and sisters, walking with God can be challenging at times. Ephesians six fifteen. I hope Ethan can put this. You sh- talk about the armor of God. He says, "For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, so you could be fully prepared." Right. And so many people will say that Paul was the armor of God's a reflection of Roman armor, and that many of the Roman uh, footwear had like cleats, right, so they could stand firm. Now, Deuteronomy twenty nine five also is a beautiful scripture. In terms of walking, it says for 40 years I led you through the wilderness, yet your clothes and your sandals did not wear out. Ooh, your Air Force Ones still stood comfortable, even though I don't think Air Force Ones are that comfortable, maybe your Air Maxes. Right. So we see a beautiful promise that as we handle the terrains of faith that we have to have ready our feet with the gospel of peace that if we trust the Lord and lean and learn of the Lord, that our sandals would not wear out. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3 to 4 says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley should be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places should be made straight and the rough places made smooth. Praise God. So saints, keep walking in the pathway of God's kingdom. You and I have a promise of God that he will He will t- He will, He will grab us by the hand and lead us. There will be times where the valleys will be lifted up. There will be times where the mountains will be level. There will be times where the crooked places will be straightened out. The rough places will be made smooth. But brothers and sisters, I pray that you don't abandon the journey. You don't abandon your hero's journey. That you stay the course. Because for those walking in their purpose, even the great tribulation will be a minor event. There'll be far more attention on what Christ is doing than than what the antichrist is doing. See, there's a lot of Christians staring, who's the antichrist, who's the antichrist? Trump, Biden, Putin, who's the antichrist? When I want you to focus on what Christ is doing in your life. So come on, Summit Church, let's go forth with one foot in front of another, and let's stay the course. And the last big idea is to, we wanna look at some reasons why people bailed out on the Lord, why people left uh, the kingdom of God. And this is from an article for one of my mentors, Frank Viola, that me and Anna had a, pro, a privilege of meeting. I just took two or three of his big ideas to expound on it. So number one, many people stop many people stop running the race. They no longer stay the course. They stop contending for the crown because of the bad ways, the horrible, disgusting, and nasty ways Christians treat one another, right? In person and online and the ignorance of so many Christians, right? If they say, you know, many people say, man, if Jesus is so good, why his people are so bad? <laughs> right, gee, well, well, This has always been like this since the beginning, fam. And then they let they let the Christians make them stop looking at Christ, and this is terrible. And the only way we change this is praying for them, and exuding good behavior ourselves, living with sanctified self-awareness ourselves, living with tact, living with observing the golden rule, right? Living with uh, holiness and humility happiness and health, we have to be the change we want to see in Christianity, right? So many people, um, they they don't use wisdom and they get caught up in idol comparison, right? Like, oh, my idol uh, of the elephant is better than your idol of the donkey. My idol of mammon is better than your idol of race or whatever it is. We have to learn to focus on the Lord, and we have to learn to give each other grace, operate with grace. right. second reason why people stop running the race is because they met a God who didn't meet the expectation. God didn't meet the expectation. Sometimes tragedy throws off your theology. Right? It could be a tragedy they experience, a painful event. It could be something dark and horrible that they prayed, that they wish they were saved before. They prayed for something that never materialized. That God, sometimes you feel like God doesn't meet your expectation. But remember, the book of Isaiah says God's ways are higher than our ways. The Lord works on levels we cannot even fathom. But he works all things out for the good and for the agenda of the kingdom. So some people say, why hasn't God answered this prayer? Why has he fulfilled this promise? Why did he let this happen to me? Why did he let this happen to him, to her? Why was God silent when I needed to hear him the most? These are the questions that plague even the most serious believers. And brothers and sisters, if you have not met the God who refuses to meet all your expectation, you will. And how you react will reveal whether you're worshiping Jesus Christ or you're worshiping Santa Claus. It will show that whether you love God or you love his promises or your interpretation of his promises. Now, remember in the book of Daniel, the three Hebrew children, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they lived their lives loyal to God, right? They they were, they were, they were taken out of exile, forced to learn a language, the Babylonian language. They would, the the Babylonian Nebuchadnezzar's team tried to make them forget their uh, Hebrew language, the Hebrew laws, the Hebrew culture, they changed their names, they gave them Babylonian names. But God blessed these young men. They were brilliant young men um, with gifts, with strengths, with a special diet, everything. God blessed them. And so one day, um, they built the idol of King Nebuchadnezzar. They said, when they play this music, you gotta bow down. And every generation, the enemy builds an idol and forces people to bow down. And sometimes the idol has music. Sometimes the idol has imagery. So if you read Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 through 18, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown in the blazing furnace, the God who we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he does it, We wanna make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. It's a lot of insight here. I like the way they they kept decorum, right? They still call them your majesty, they're respectful. But I love their attitude and their posture and their faith that says God will deliver us. And and we know that there was a fourth man in the fire. We know that they didn't get burned. We know that there was a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus, they say, in the fire. But look at their posture. They say God will deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we will still follow him. That's a lesson for you. I pray that you have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego faith. I pray for this job, but even if I don't get this job, I will follow the Lord. I pray for this healing, but even if I don't get cured, but God innate gives me the strength to live with dignity with this, right? I, uh, I have X, Y, Z, but X, Y, Z doesn't have me. That's mature faith, right? I love this. He goes, now, even if he doesn't, if God doesn't deliver us, we will still follow. This is a theology I call, it's whatever. <laughs> it's whatever, right? This is what's going to happen. It's whatever. These words contain thunder and lightning for every child of God. And I pray that when God doesn't meet your expectations, that you'll be like, I'm still going to worship the Lord. I'm, hey, i thought you I thought you were going to get that job. I didn't get it, but I'm still going to worship the Lord. His ways are not my ways. His, his ways are higher than my ways. It is well with my soul. Third reason why people stop running the race. They love the world more than Christ. Jesus wasn't enough in their eyes to satisfy their heart's desire or whatever they thought was their real desire. They love the pleasure of sin more than the pleasures of God. Paul said of Demas, a Christian worker who abandoned him, that he loved the present world. The fourth reason why people stopped running the race, the cares of this life choked the spiritual life out of them. In his famous parable of the sower, Jesus talked about the seed of God's word being choked to death because the cares of this life. The the daily grind of day-to-day life with his twists, his turns, and his problems, could be a perpetual distraction to our spiritual growth. So much that it could choke the life out of our, um, uh, choke the life of, out of our spiritual walk, right? The spiritual life. This is why I pray the Lord gives you this revelation, a revelation of strength, that I could do all things through Christ that gives me strength, right? That all things wasn't just to dunk a basketball. All things is whether things are good or things are bad. A revelation of simplicity. Paul Timothy. Paul told Timothy, but godliness with contentment is a great gain. I pray that you will never be choked out, that your faith will never be choked out because of the cares of the world, because you will have strength, you will understand simplicity, you will understand stewardship. Jesus says if you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the large things, and that you will get the revelation of what it means to be sold out, Check out Matthew chapter 13, the parable of the pearl later. All right, fam, we finish, right? I pray that you and I will stay the course and that if there's an area in your life, God is telling you to stay the course, that you will be inspired and, and receive his anointing for you to stay that course. We know we're, we're running a race and we're being watched, Hebrews chapter 12 says. We know to keep our eyes on Jesus. We know to keep, building and being aware of small compromises in our life. We know to put on the shoes of peace daily and ask God to guide our steps through the valleys and the crooked places. We know to renew our mind to manage our expectations and to have that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego type of faith. So brothers and sisters, I pray that you will be committed to stay the course and to continue to contend for your crown. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for everybody watching and listening. I pray that you give them a fresh desire to run this race with grace, to build their secret place. I pray, Lord God, that for the rest of our life, that we will will contend for our crown, that we will stay the course, that we will grow more and more in love with you, that you will get bigger and bigger to us, Lord. I pray for spiritual maturity. I pray for spiritual purity, and I pray for Summit Church unity. In Jesus' name we pray, we say amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you, fam. I pray that you were encouraged by this word. Um, Thank you, Sister Stacy. Um, Thank you for um, your, your insight and your comment. Thank you, Sister Jessica.